So again, just want to wish you all a very happy Easter. It's such an amazing time to be able to gather together again. You know, in these past two years have been difficult for many, many people. But it's just so beautiful to see many people returning and coming to Mass today to celebrate this, celebrate this momentous occasion in the church. As I was reflecting on the Easter Sunday, I came across an article on, online, and the headline was this, Metaverse Company to Offer Immortality Through Live Forever Mode. I was like, oh, that sounds interesting. So then I, I read the article, and what it is is there's this company that wants to create this particular feature. What it does is you, it will store all your movements and conversations through VR, and then what they can do later on after collecting all this information and this data is that they will duplicate it, duplicate yourself with an avatar using AI after death. And so what you can do is that you can actually talk to, potentially, talk to one of your loved ones who passed away whenever you wish. And virtual reality is quite phenomenal in some sense. It can capture about 100 to 300 times more info than on your phone. Not only that, Dad, virtual technology can track people using less than five minutes of data with 95% accuracy in a group of 500 people. And so, as, we, as you read the article a little bit more, you'd find that it was motivated by a particular idea. You see, the creator, his name was Arthur, and this live forever mode was inspired by the death of Arthur's father. And so he imagined this program as a way for him and his children to speak to his dad. And so when I reflect upon this, uh, there's two things. First, it's scary how much information they can get about you, right, on virtual technology. But the second thing I think is really interesting, that even the secular world, even the Silicon Valley, longs for today. They long for Easter. You see, for Christians, we know what the other word for live forever mode is. That is called the resurrection of the dead. Today we celebrate Jesus' resurrection, and in doing so, we have hope for our resurrection as well. We don't need virtual technology to talk to an avatar through AI, to talk to our loved ones. We have the real hope of being able to talk to our loved ones again, face to face. And that is what we celebrate today, the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And that gives us hope. You see, if we don't have this hope, then we start clinging to other things, right? We start clinging to virtual technology, or maybe you guys probably remembered a couple of years ago, this phenomenon throughout the world where people began hoarding toilet paper. Some of you probably still have toilet paper from two years ago. What was really interesting, I was telling people last year, is that there was this guy, and he stole this car, and then the police found this car abandoned by the side of the road in California. And they didn't find drugs, money, or guns. They found boxes of toilet paper. You see, the things of the world become valuable 
if we do not have hope in the eternal. And so today we celebrate this Easter mystery. And some people think that the word Easter comes from Aoster, this goddess of fertility. And they're like, oh, that's what Christians, you worship these pagan gods, and you just repurpose it for what you are doing now. And actually, scholars don't know the true origin of the English word Easter. But if you think about Easter in other languages, the meaning of Easter becomes very clear. In French, it's Pâques. In Spanish, it's Pascua. And in Latin, it's Pesach. And all these words refer to Passover. And so when we celebrate Easter, we are celebrating the new Passover. As we heard in the second reading today, for our Paschal Lamb, Christ, has been sacrificed. And this theme and story of Passover is critical for understanding the significance of today. As we all know, we know the story of Egypt, right? The Israelites were in slavery for 400 years. And then Moses came to set them free with the ten plagues. But the only way they were actually freed was by one sacrifice. This freedom was achieved on the last night. What they did was they slaughtered the lamb, they put the blood on the doorposts, and then they consumed the lamb. Right? You couldn't just sacrifice the lamb, you couldn't just put blood on the doorposts. You had to do all these things and you had to consume the lamb in order to be saved. And so what happened was they received this freedom from slavery. They walked through the waters, and Pharaoh and his army was destroyed, and they journeyed to the heavenly, the promised land. And so this pattern is what we celebrate today, this new Passover, where we have the new Lamb, the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ. And we don't put the blood of the Lamb on doorposts. We put the blood of the Lamb on our lips when we receive the body of Christ. Even though today you only receive the host, we receive the body, blood, soul, and divinity of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we consume the Lamb today at Mass. And in doing so, we are freed from the slavery to sin and death. And we walk through the waters of baptism where sin is destroyed. And now we are all journeying towards the heavenly promised land. And so Jesus' resurrection is the sign and guarantee of our victory. It is not just a symbol. He really rose from the dead. Our faith is not built on fairy tales like Star Wars or a Marvel movie. This is a real historical claim. You know that even the skeptics will acknowledge that the earliest creed that we have about Jesus goes back to almost five years after the death of Jesus? That's quite phenomenal, right? We believe that because in the letter of St. Paul, which is accepted by all scholars, virtually all scholars, 1 Corinthians 15, there's a creed in there which Paul says, I received. And Paul received that after his conversion. His conversion happened two years after the death of Jesus. And so there's this historical creed that goes back all the way to the death of Jesus. And an Oxford scholar said that legend takes longer than two generations to develop. 
And here we have this creed about the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead just five years after his death. And so today, because of this hope and this belief, we must do two things. Today, we must rejoice. You know, rejoice by eating that thing you gave up for Lent for 40 days. You know, I'm probably going to have some chicken nuggets. I love nuggets. You know, visiting Catholics, you know, the way the Eastern, these Eastern Catholics, the way they would celebrate is that they would say, you know, Christ had trampled death by death. And then when they would say that, they would literally trample in the church. And then the deacon would literally be running, walking around the church screaming, the Lord is risen. Christ is risen indeed. Hallelujah. And joy is so important because joy is the testimony to our hope. It's a testimony to our hope in this dark world. And it's a light in the darkness. And second, we must make our own Passover as well. This is Jesus' pass from this world to the Father. So too, we must pass from vice to virtue, from sin to love. We cannot go back to our old way of life. You know, sometimes as Catholics, we're like, no, Lent's over. All right, I'll go back to my old way of life, right? I was telling people earlier in Lent, you know, one of my friends said, I'm giving up stealing for Lent, right? He's like, oh, Easter's Lent's over. Okay, I'm going to go back to stealing. You can't, right? Because we have this new Passover. You can't go back to Egypt because we're journeying towards the promised land. So we must persevere. So just to conclude, there's this new movie you've probably heard that's come out. It's called Father Stew with Mark Wahlberg. And it's a very, very fascinating story. It has a very bad tomato, Rotten Tomato reviews, but the actual audience review is actually like 95%. And it's the story of this man who came from an atheist household, and he didn't believe in God. And it actually became more difficult for him, for him because his brother at the age of nine died from an illness suddenly. And so there's this angerness and bitterness pointed at God. And as he grew older, he wanted to be this football player. But then that didn't work out, and he wanted to be this boxer. And he was actually quite a good boxer, but then he had issues with that. Then he wanted to be an actor, so he went to California. But then that didn't work out either. So then, as he's working in this butcher shop, he falls in love with this girl. He's enraptured by her beauty. And he wants to marry her, but she says to him, because she's Latino, she says, well, no, I can't marry you unless, unless you're Catholic. And so this guy, you know, Stuart, he goes, he goes to the RCIA, he goes through all the classes, and then as he's getting baptized, he receives this call to become a priest. And when he tells, in the trailer, he says, like, you know, I'm going to become a priest. And he tells his mom, mom, I'm going to become a priest. And she was so shocked. She said, you mean for Halloween? <laughs> it's like, no, I want to be a real priest. And so as he's going through RCIA and he has this motorcycle accident, he's convinced that he's been set apart. He survives this motorcycle accident. And he knows that he's been set apart to serve God. And even when he decides to be a priest, he develops this degenerative muscle disease. And he could have quit the priesthood as well, but he decided to be ordained a priest. 
And so we hear this beautiful story of this man who at the beginning of his life could not trust God. But now by the end of his life, he's trusting in God in everything, even to the point where he's losing his ability to even hold chalice. And so today, my brothers and sisters, we are celebrating the Passover of our Lord Jesus Christ. And this Passover can't just happen in ether. It must happen in our lives as well. And we continue to walk forward from vice to virtue, from sin to love, as we look forward to the heavenly promised land.